Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. You know, there are a lot of things that get into our mind. There's a lot of, and, and it's figurative, because we need to gird up the loins of our mind, just as a man would gird up those things and put them in under, uh, around his belt to move quickly. We need to do the same thing mentally. We need to gird up the loins of our mind. A mind is an amazing thing. It's very powerful. And we need to allow the mind, allow our minds to be completely governed by Christ, governed by the Spirit of God. And what are you filling your mind with? up the loins of your mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob begins a three-part series on how we should live distinctively as those who belong to God. So far, we've learned that Peter's message is to the Christians in his time while they were under great persecution. As those Christians were directed by this message back then, we Christians today should also be careful as to what kind of things we listen to and watch so that our minds are protected from the world and only used for things of God. Remember, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and should guard against evils of this world. Let's join Pastor Rob in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13. I'd like to read to you... Uh this morning, a letter that was uh, given to us. Um, it was actually written back in October, and it was written by uh, a Boca alumni. <laughs> and Boca is Bread of Life Christian Academy. We, we had a school here at the church for, uh, I think, 1999 until 2009, so about roughly 10 years. And uh, it went through K, uh, kindergarten, I think, all the way up to 10th grade at one point. And um, One of those students wrote a letter, and I'd like to read it to you this morning, and it it, it really touched my heart. My wife sent it to me. I was actually in line at Bush Gardens, the amusement park there in Tampa, just a few days ago. And we were there, and uh, she sent me this. She'd found it. We'd never seen it before. And it was addressed to Pastor Kevin, myself, and Pastor Jeff as well. And uh, one of the great privileges that I had during that school uh, time was to lead worship for the kids. And we did a lot of scripture memory and we had a lot of scripture songs. And, and that was our heart to really give them scripture songs. And I want to read you a letter uh, of a young man. And I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to embarrass him. He's not here today. But, um, but it's just, uh, important that we remember how, um, how important it is to invest and to give them our kids, our grandkids, the students here, to give them the very best, not give them feelings, not give them stories, but give them the truth in love. And you're going to see in this letter, yeah, David, I'm going to have him read it. Yeah, it's it just, it's one of those things. 
by Brother Dave Tennis. He writes, as I read the Psalms time and time again, I recall songs we sang at Bolka. We sang, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made, we will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. That's Psalm 118, verse 24. We sang, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Psalm 84, verse 10. We sang, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Psalm 3, verses 1 through 3. All my life, these songs have been on my heart during the ups and downs that I've faced. I'm 22 years old now, and it has been eight years since I attended Bolka when I was 14. So many of those songs we sang at Bolka are still afresh on my mind, and I cannot emphasize enough that they have been solid rocks in my life. I want to thank you for this, especially because the songs we sang at Bolka were not flimsy and lighthearted, like much of the worship music is today at our cult- in our culture. It is actually incredible to me the richness and depth of music that elementary school kids were singing at Bolka. I remember Jesus, name above all names, wonderful Savior, glorious God, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. These are profound statements about Christ that came right from Scripture. And rather than choosing songs that would be vaguely biblical, you chose to ground us in Scripture, and I thank you for that. I know Romans 12.21 by heart because of the song, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, with good, with good, overcome evil with good. I remember 1 Thessalonians 5.9 because we made it a memory verse for a short time. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is not a trivial memory verse to me. It is a sustaining promise that I can hold on to in the midst of trials. I remember one way. Who could forget it? I am a C. I am a CH. Your love is deeper than any ocean wider. You lived. You died. You said in three days you would rise. You did. You're alive. It is done. It is done. It is done. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Lord, I lift your name on high. In the secret, in the quiet place, step by step you'll lead me. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Shine, Jesus, shine. Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. I sing that one often. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. My peace I give unto you. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. The books of the Bible song, which to this day is how I remember the order of all of the books. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Who is this King of glory, the Lord, strong and mighty? I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. Man shall not live by bread alone. Week after week, new songs come to mind that I haven't thought of since Balka as I read scripture and see passages that remind me of the music. I was born again in my sophomore year of college, 
and I believe that God has called me to ministry. If I ever become a pastor or a missionary or evangelist, everything I do will have been built on the foundation of the Bread of Life Academy and Calvary Chapel, Rochester. Something especially important to me is this. My life has been marked by a concern for the authority of Scripture, and that was built into me as a first grader who went to chapel every single day, something unheard of in Christian schools. Going line by line through Scripture at Calvary Chapel instilled in me, even though I was not born again, an understanding that man's words are useful, but God's words are eternal and unshaking. So why not spend our time delving into Scripture rather than taking so much time with cute stories and frivolous comedy in the pulpit. Even though there were many times I didn't like the songs, or I didn't want to sing, or I did not listen during a Sunday sermon, today the songs are more valuable than gold to me, and I sing them all the time. And the example set forth of the authority Scripture holds over the church has literally made me who I am. I cannot thank you enough for your efforts eight-plus years ago, to care for the spiritual lives of myself and the other students. The impact you had on me will last until I die and into eternity. Thank you. Glory be to God. Thank you, David. Appreciate that very much. Yeah, I couldn't get through that. It's just, uh, I remember, it seemed like yesterday, and that letter was to uh, Pastor Kevin and myself and Pastor Jeff and uh, also to um, Michelle Pettis, uh, who um, did worship with us in chapel. What a blessing, huh? You know, just the fruit of those things. And, you know, you never know as you just maintain the course and you stay the course and you just continue and you continue and you continue in love just speaking the truth in love and not wavering from it, not giving in to the fads and the things of the world, you see how that affects a life. Good stuff. Let's open up to First Peter. We're going to look at uh, verses 13 through 25, Lord willing. Time is always an enemy. <laughs> We're going to look at, let's just get right into it. We're going to look at verses 13 through the end of this chapter, hopefully. And uh, again, Peter is speaking to these pilgrims, these strangers, these uh, Jews and Gentiles who have been dispersed um, due to persecution in that first century. And in the first part of this uh, chapter, we see that Peter is just exhorting them that they have a living hope. They have a, a great hope to look forward to because that hope is Christ. And that hope is the resurrection uh, at, the, at the rapture. And, and beyond. And we have a, a great living hope. And he goes in and he also speaks of just the genuine, genuineness of their faith. And, and it is being tried and it is being purified like fire. And, and to know that a, a real believer is going to be tried. It is going to be, uh, difficult at times. It is not going to be easy, but your faith is being tried like gold is being tried. And we talked about that last time, about how they would heat up gold and they would skim off the top, because when you heat up anything, the impurities come to the top. And that's what God is doing in our life. He's giving us this uh, this living hope. He's given us the, the, the witness of His Spirit in us. And, and as we live lives uh, consecrated, set apart, that's what the word holy means, just set apart, holy unto Him. As we do that, we will be tried. 
and there will be trials. This life is not void of them. And then he gets into just the sufferings also that will come along with it. For any of those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Some people it's more severe, and others it's not so severe. But in some form you will suffer some sort of of persecution as a result of your faith in Christ. And finally he gets into verse 13 here, and he says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this word gird up is really an interesting term because it's not something we really think about today. But back in in Peter's day, men wore robes or outerwear that went down below their knees, down to their ankles. And when they needed to move quickly, as you can understand, you can't move very quickly if you've got those things wrapped around your feet. So what they would do is they would take those things and wrap them around their belt, thus giving them much greater mobility to move quickly when and if they need to. And what he's saying here is gird up the loins of your mind. You know, there are a lot of things that get into our mind. There's a lot of, and, and it's figurative, because we need to gird up the loins of our mind, just as a man would gird up those things and put them in under uh, around his belt to move quickly. We need to do the same thing mentally. We need to gird up the loins of our mind. A mind is an amazing thing. It's very powerful. And we need to allow the mind, allow our minds to be completely governed by Christ, governed by the Spirit of God. And what are you filling your mind with? What are the things that dominate your thoughts in and throughout the day and throughout the week? Those things, if they're good, they're good. But how many of the things that fill our hearts and our minds, how many of them are just putrid? How many of them are a result of unbelief? How many of them are just an affront to this, to our God? How many of us have those kind of things. So it's important that we gird up the loins of our mind and to be sober. And if there was ever a time that we needed to be as sober and awake, it is now. Sober, certainly uh, physically, <laughs> having a sobriety, no doubt, but sober in our heart and our mind. Sober, awake, and understanding the things that are going on. And we need to pray. Prayer is the bedrock of everything in the Christian life. If we don't pray, we are going to be missing out on so much. God wants to do a great work here in this fellowship. He wants to continue a great work and even do a greater work. And not only in this fellowship, but in other fellowships around the area. In any Christian church where the Word of God is lifted, where Jesus is lifted, He wants to do a good work. We need to pray and not cave in to all the things that are happening around us. You know, as the Lord makes us aware of things, we need to be prayerful. And as the Lord directs us, you know, we need to be active. We need to be active, even to the point of being active in our local and federal government, if that's where the Lord has you. You know, I don't know if you knew this. I, I was uh, woke up on um, New Year's Day uh, at my mom's house. We watched the ball come down, as many do, and I woke up to a news article, and it said that in, in New York, beginning in January 1st, now there's a, there's a, a Generation X gender if a baby is born now, beginning in the 1st of January, you can specify instead of male or female, you have the option. Isn't this wonderful that you get these opportunities, the, this, uh, these choices? It's, it's like a smorgasbord of filth. You get the choice, male, female, I don't know. And if you've already got a birth certificate in New York, you can go and have it changed. Did you know that? 
And doesn't that break your heart to think that this is where we're at as a country? And yet God made them male and female, and it was good. And now we say that's not good enough. I may feel like a female tomorrow, but a male the next day. Listen, you were born with certain parts. And without getting too graphic here, that is who you are. And that's the bathroom that you go into based upon that fact, right? But yet we have evolved, haven't we? As a culture, we're much better than that. We want to we want to have our, our 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 freedom to feel whatever we want and to do whatever we want. But God says He made them male and female. So we need to be sober, as Peter is directing us to be sober. You know, I believe you know we need to act like this world is all that we have, but at the same time, keep a light touch on it, knowing that our citizenship and our inheritance is ultimately in heaven with Jesus Christ. We need to live here and to do the right things, but we also have to realize that this is not all there is. We know that there is coming a day when we will be with Jesus forever, and ultimately a new heavens and a new earth will be created after this current heavens and earth has been dissolved with fervent heat. That's coming. That's coming after the thousand-year reign of Jesus. But notice what it says in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 20. It says, Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Are you involved in the things that are happening in your town? You know, really start to think about it. You know, sometimes I think laws like what I just read are happening because we're not doing anything. We should be praying. That's the the paramount thing. The thing that's most important is prayer. Definitely pray. That should be the thing that we do the most. But are you actually getting on your feet and, and, and going down to your town hall sometimes and listening to the things they're voting on? It's important that we stay active in those things. But first and foremost, to pray. To pray, pray, pray. Peter goes on, he says, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice that this hope is given to us by grace. It's given to us by grace. Upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, the very fact that Jesus will return for us at the rapture is grace. I don't deserve it. Do you deserve it? (laughs) I know I don't. And to think that 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 is our hope, that's the blessed hope seeing him face to face. Verse 14, he goes on, he says, as obedient children and not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. You know, this word conforming is interesting because uh, in the Greek, it's a, it's a word that's, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but it literally means to conform oneself, one's mind and character to another's pattern to fashion yourself according to something else. And you know, we need to be conformed to Jesus Christ, be conformed to him. Because all around us, we are being conformed or trying to be conformed. The world is trying to conform itself upon us. It wants to take your Christianity and throw it out into the trash to flush it and to replace it with the, the, these new things. These new things. And we are all conformed to something, and you will become more like that or whom you spend the most time with. Who is it that you spend your time with? Is it, is it Rush Limbaugh, which, you know, or is it, is it Bill O'Reilly? Even though these guys are conservative, if they don't have the Spirit of God in them, what good is their commentary? Honestly. Do either of these men confess Christ as their Savior? I don't know if they do. I don't know. But if they don't, 
What is more important, their word or this word, God's word? I'll stick with God's word. (laughs) Amen? But conformity is something that we are drawn towards, and no one likes to be singled out. And most people conform to social norms because there's no other, there's no other conviction in their heart. So it's easier to just cave in to whatever the prevailing opinion or thought is. And we see that all around us now. There's very few people who have a conviction about anything. So they'll just go along with the mass, the crowd. Going along with the crowd is very rarely ever the right thing. The small group of people who hold fast to the word of God, they're more important than God's guys than a great mass of people who are united and under one banner going towards something diametrically opposite than what he is all about. What God are you conforming yourself to? Is it money? Is it material possessions? Is the God of alcohol and drugs or sex or even the God of liberal or conservative agendas? It doesn't matter whether it's liberal or conservative. Is that where your God is? Is that where your hope ultimately lies? Because if it is, you're in serious trouble. You're in serious trouble, Christian. When we conform to someone or someone's, someone or something's image, we serve whatever that is. In 1979, Bob Dylan wrote a song, and I think I believe Bob Dylan is saved. I don't know. He wrote, he wrote uh, some pretty serious Christian songs, so I'll let the Lord be the judge of that. But in 1979, he wrote a song called Gotta Serve Somebody, and I'll just read a few lines of it. He says, You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You may like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. So I'll ask you again, who are you, who or what are you serving and who or what is conforming you? The Bible says that he wants to conform us to his image. But what image are you allowing to be conformed to? Are you careful about the things that you look at? Are you careful about the things you read? We ought to, brothers, sisters. We need to be careful about those things. Don't allow yourself to get into this. uh, uh, Don't allow yourself to be lazy. Believe me, the devil is working hard. He's studied each one of you. He knows every one of you. He knows where your habits are. He knows your weak points. He knows everything about you. His whole agenda is to trip you up, and he's setting you up. If you're not being set up right now, you're in the process of being set up. And if you're not walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to fall. You have to be careful. We have to let the Word of God dwell in us richly, and and don't settle for anything else. Don't settle even for a book about Christianity, about some, you know, I love books. If you see my office, it looks like the Library of Congress. I should have my own Dewey Decimal System in there at some point, but I, but I do. I'm a book junkie. I'm a uh, what do they call that? A person? A, a bookworm? What, what was the other one? That, what was the other one I wanted to hear? Yeah, I forget what it is. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It's it's a sickness. <laughs> but I do. But you know, even those books, they can be good, but the thing that we need to really hold on to is the Word of God. Make it your point, make it your, if you're gonna be resolute about anything this year, let that be your resolution. And not, not making some vow that you can't keep. Just say, Lord, I wanna dedicate my life, my heart to you completely and wholly more this year than ever before. I wanna, I wanna get right down to the brass tacks and I wanna do it right, God. And when I fall and I'm gonna fail, I come back to you, I confess it. And what does the Bible say? He is faithful to 
cleanse us, to forgive us, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then you get back up and you get at it again. You don't let the devil pound you into the ground and say, well, you're a lousy Christian. How many times have you failed at this sin? How many times have you fallen on your face because of this sin? And you can say, I've fallen 152 times as of this morning, but you know what? God has forgiven me for every one of them. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.